Visser List Podcast. This is episode 109. 109. Number nine. <laughs> Call back. Middle school. Uh, Visualist at gmail.com. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Patreon slash Visualist. Uh, let's get right into it. Um, trifling in NYC. Um, I have, uh, I actually have an upbeat one. I like that upbeat trifling for this week. We don't do, usually it's a little bit involving something shady, a little annoying. Usually we hit a lot of annoying notes, but this week I have, I, I also have a shady one, but, Mm. uh, I I believe yours is also maybe a little bit shady, but, uh, we'll we'll start with something upbeat. Um, I was doing, uh, I'm back into taking walks. Oh, okay. That's good. Which, yeah, which I was doing like during, uh, you know, the, the, the bleak days of April, um, when that's basically all you could do, uh, for entertainment. Um, but, and I avoid it in the summer just because I don't like sweating and I don't like walking around and when it's really humid out. Um, yeah, we know about that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Long time listeners will know about that. Um, so, but the weather's cooled off a little bit. So I, I did a walk and <clears throat> I went up to Union Square and I was, I, I, for some reason, I thought that the Barnes and Noble by Union Square had closed down for good. Oh, okay. Um, but I wanted to check it out. It hasn't. Um, and longtime listeners will also know that, you know, if, if we go back, that was that Union, that Union Square at Barnes & Noble is close to my old office um, where I used to go my lunch break and just to relax and read. And uh, famously, and, and I know it's it's episode 82 where I told a story. <laughs> Episode eighty-two, I think, is is our most listened to episode too. That's the one where I told the story about the the kid beating me at checkers, and, and also the teenagers who were making fun of me. And in in one sentence, I was thinking about this. This is like a, a model of sort of rhetorical economy. In one sentence, they managed to critique me for what I was wearing, for being old. Uh, for for partying too much, for not getting enough sleep. Uh, <laughs> oh man! <laughs> were they? Yeah, they were. Uh, they were talking about. There was like, this is why I think he said, "This is why old people shouldn't be going out all night." Yeah, like it's us just... teenagers. Oof, man. But anyway, I went there. Uh, it was open, and I got you know I had to get some nostalgia hits, um, which was great. Uh, and I had actually been, it's weird. I had been thinking about getting this one book recently. Uh, it's a book that I heard about maybe a week or two ago. And, and this, this really felt like a real life version of when you talk about something and then, uh, you get an ad for it. Oh yeah. You know, like your phone's been listening to you. Yeah. It felt like a real life version because I went up to the top floor and I was just because I, I just because I, I wanted to check out my old spot where I used to sit and read the old stomping grounds mm-hmm. exactly you know and this the same same stains are still on the carpet um, not stains I'm responsible for but just you know just general stains but I saw the I saw the book that I had been thinking about uh, 
just like on the sh- on a random shelf with directly in my eye line as I was going over to that spot. And the funny thing is, the book had just been set there. Like it wasn't. That's not that where was it not went. Its place. No, it wasn't its place. The book is called um, "The Sopranos Sessions," um, and it's um, it's these two T writers who write about TV, do uh, TV criticism. Um, Alan Sepinwall uh, and this, this other guy who, whose name I'm blanking on, but um, it's uh, it's just them talking about The Sopranos, and they have some interviews with David Chase, uh, the creator of the show, and yeah, I've recently got heavy into Sopranos, and I heard about this book. And yeah, it was crazy because it was in like, um, like the poetry section, like, and, and they moved huh. all the books around too. So the sections oh, had changed since I had last been there, which is probably like last January. Man, this, I the last time I was in there, just walking around. Yeah. So, so I did buy it. I mean, it was $30 hardcover. Didn't hardcover? even have, any, mm. didn't even have one of those discount stickers or, or any like promo. If you become a member of Barnes and Noble. You don't have a phone number you can put in. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a member. Yeah, I just put in my mom's phone number generally. Oh, member. damn, that's a great idea. Yeah, my mom is probably almost certainly a member. She loves reading and books. Damn. All right. Well, maybe I can go back, return it, and then purchase it again. <laughs> Rebuy it. Yeah. <laughs> Try and get that discount. Check the receipt. So yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? What are the odds? I mean, you should, I feel like you should have bought a lottery ticket after that. I should have. Damn. Yeah, they're. I mean, I mean, they don't sell them there. It's more of a bookstore than like a lottery ticket. Oh, yeah, but this place is around the corner. Um, but that is pretty cool. I, I like that. And see, maybe that's just a sign of things are on the up and up for you. Yeah. Okay. Let's take it as that. Right, That's how yeah, I'm choosing to believe it. I'm almost maybe I don't even want to tell the shady. Just because trifling. of this, all that positivity that's positive, well, just in the world right now. Do your trifling, and then uh, and then we'll see. And then uh, I mean, I probably will tell it because it is really funny, and I can't believe I haven't told it yet. And maybe I have told it, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah, uh, we'll get to it later. But uh, yeah, oh, go, go ahead. What, what's yeah, up? mine what is just basically like. So, as I said before, we started looking for a new apartment, mm-hmm. and this apartment search, you know, it's, uh, as usual, it's a little overwhelming in New York City. Yeah. Seems but, like the um, prices, prices should be down, I've heard. Oh, yeah. And prices are down, but then prices are also sneaky. So... <laughs> Here's part of here's here's like the trifling, right? These listings, you really have to pay attention. And like some of the websites are cutting down on this and making people, um, you know, be more transparent and clear with what the actual price is. Right. So there are some. Well, you you'll see like, ooh, whatever, twenty four hundred dollar two bedroom in Cobble Hill or something, right? Like, oh wow, let me take a look at this, right? Right. Then you're reading, you, you have to open it up. You look at the pictures, which is like a whole nother form of deception, you know, can be some, right. some good camera trickery happening. <laughs> but um, some of them you'll read, you'll read, and you'll get to like, so I'd usually do it on the mobile one. 
So it usually it gives you like the blurb, but then you you have to click on the link show more. Like right? what what site is or is, is this is Treat Easy? I've been okay. looking at mainly. Right. So if you click if you press the uh, see more, it shows you more. Then sometimes the very last line mm. it'll be like, oh, rate shown is net effective rate, taken into account three months free. Actual rent is like thirty four hundred dollars, oh, damn, or something, something like that. And yeah. sometimes they don't even say that. Like some of them will give that up at the top. Some of them won't even say that. They'll just say that when you're in email correspondence or actually looking at the apartment with them. They say, "Oh yeah, that's just a listed one. That the real rent is this. <laughs> that's taken into account. You know, these three months free, but then your security bought deposit and you know, and everything else is actually based." on the real rent yeah oh right yeah the deposit being yeah okay and like the income requirement too probably yes and everything like right all the all the like all those financials are based on the actual rent not this net effective one which they've been advertising as the rent for the apartment yeah so that has been annoying and it kills me every time Except when I see when I see it listed at the top, I'm like, okay, get it, because they'll give a clear explanation sometimes. But it just really like gets under my skin when they try to hide it in like the very like last line of the description of the apartment. So that like, oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah, by the way, it's it's thousand dollars more a month. But is that three months? Three is that? So is do they do that literally? Like. The first three months you don't have to pay at all, and then then it kicks in, or how does that work? Oh man, it's it's complicated. Like this, of course, it really depends on the place, but most usually it's like, oh yeah, so you can move in with that, and technically your first rent. And like some places, they'll just credit you and sort of take it down. Other places, it's like, oh well, at the end of your lease, you just don't have to pay because you've already you know paid all this Uh, extra amount. Um, this one like big, bigger building that was listed, uh, you know, obviously run by some sort of company. The woman had to email us. She like, it looked like a fucking multiplication table. She had to send this thing. It's available. And then like the rent net effective, what you could pay if you have a lease for this long versus this long. I was like, oh my gosh. She had the chart in her hand, and I looked at it, and my eyes got so big. And she's like, I'll just email you guys this chart instead of breaking it down right now. Like, You're like, oh. yeah, that's not going to help. That's not going to make any damn difference. <laughs> but, Getting out your yeah, mechanical that, pencil. Gets, yeah, exactly. Let me, let me get my monocle on over here. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Put on that green, that green visor. <laughs> Reading glasses. My, <laughs> yeah, my table calculator. Get that yeah. receipt. Get the paper going out. Yeah, abacus. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the part. That's it's frustrating. Just those those listings. But you know, I'm getting better. We're getting better at it. And then recognizing the photographs. Like, oh, see, see that? You can tell that room's not that big. Oh. Like, see how they're standing? Like, yeah, it's a lot of yeah. Uh, this is you know forgot what it was like since i haven't had to look in a while right right three years so okay all right well i'm sure back let's keep that positivity going yeah welcome back cotter yep you got it 
You're going to get it. I, you know, I'm sending good vibes your way. Whatever luck I had for that lottery ticket that I didn't cash in, I'm sending that your way. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank um, you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, okay. My second trifling <laughs> involves... Um, so I I occasionally do um, like web series productions and various comedic short sketches and stuff. Um, if people want to check out, I, I I hesitate to say to say the name of this one because of the story I'm about to tell. Uh, mm. But you know, if people want to do their due diligence, track it down. I'm sure they can. So it's fine. And maybe I'll say it. I don't know. I'll think about it. But. Well, you tell me if you think the story is bad, and then I'll I'll say the name of it at the end. But um, so for the, the last big one that I did, I had to find a bar location in New York um, to shoot in, and I cockily was, you know, I started the project just assuming that I it would be relatively easy to get uh, a place because you know I'm in the Lower East Side, you know, I know I get to know bar and restaurant owners in the neighborhood. Uh, get to be on good terms with them. And so I figured, oh, I'll just be able to, to find one. No problem. Um, right, right. Turned out it was very, very difficult. Uh, also, I needed a place I could shoot for free <laughs> for a few hours. I did not have a budget. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, big deal productions, they, they shut down bars and restaurants all the time, and they, but they just have to pay, you know. $10,000, $20,000 for a couple day shoot. Oh yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> that wasn't quite the budget I was working with on this on this thing. So, <clears throat> I was uh, I was actually getting towards my wits like my wits end uh, after a few weeks uh, and again like a uh, kismet, you know, bolt of lightning strike, good luck, um, lucky charm happened for me. Um, I was actually coming back from a comedy show uh, late one night. I think it was a Monday night and coming back at like 11 PM. And there's a bar two doors down from where I live. And I saw a guy shutting down the grate. Uh, uh, and I just randomly, I was like, fuck, let me, let me just ask this guy. I, you know, I live here. So I was like, Hey, Hey dude. Um, do you happen to know the owner of this place? Uh, I, I'm looking for a place to shoot something. And he's like, Oh yes. Well, yes. I, I, I'm the owner. Uh, what, what are you talking about? Oh, and I am going to affect like a sort of mock Eastern European accent here. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. Right. Yeah, no, I was, I didn't all of a sudden get a <laughs> frog in my throat. Um, and so I gave him like a super quick, like 15 second pitch. I was like, yeah, you know, as a comedy, like I live right there, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been here a few times. Maybe, maybe, maybe you recognize me. He's like, uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, you live right there. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And so I gave him a quick, it's a comedy sketch. I, I just need a couple hours, um, a couple of like three actors. Um, he's like, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, why don't you come in? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. So he opened the gate back up. Uh, he opened the place. He, it turned out he was the owner. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we go in, I give him a, a pitch. I tell him like the basic story and he, you know, offers me a couple shots. He, pu- I think he pulls out a cigar and starts smoking it. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. This, this should be fine. You, you know, uh, this should be good. He's like, uh, and he's like, 
they're only open a few days a week. Like they're not open every day. And like they open it at say, you know, eight, say if they open at like 8 PM or whatever, he's like, we technically open at eight, but we have someone here at like five. So you can come in from and shoot from five to eight while we're sort of getting ready. Okay. And yeah. for free, which sounds like great. a great deal. Yeah. But he's like, great price for you. Yeah. Um, and but he's like, but uh, you know, I I also have uh, I had an idea for um for a comedy thing my, myself, like uh, a idea for a movie. Uh, you want to hear it? It's like, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, definitely, yeah. It's, he's like, yeah, you know, this is a story about um, two twins separated at birth. Um, one winds up in the U.S. One is in, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say the country because it'll immediately identify this, this, this bar. Um, so say Eastern European country. Uh, and he's like, yeah, one uh, guy in America is, um, he has to be one of these guys. They, um, they play the guitar in, in the subway you know, for change, but the other guy, oh, is, that's what happens. Okay. He's uh, he's big deal, big drug dealer big deal drug oh. dealer and uh movie opens he's a drug dealer he's in bed with two naked women uh you know he's oh. been he's been fucking them and uh he does drugs he does a big line of coke off of uh off of the, the ass and the tits and uh and you know he goes to america and um he meets uh, he meets his twin and they, and they uh they swap they swap places and uh, and so yeah and that was essentially the story and I was like, wow, I was like, wow, this sounds amazing, man. Like, yeah, I would, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, after my shoot, if your mind's all done, all completely done, and we've shot everything, if you want to talk about that, that'd be great, you know, and, you know, it's, you know, look, that's normal talk. That's Hollywood talk, you know, and so, um, <laughs> okay, thank you for edu- educating us, not Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, no problem. People, um, okay. Uh-huh. Do you have any other questions about? Okay, uh, no, no, no. Continue. Okay. Uh, let you know. And he he told me some other stories that I really would love to. And I'm sorry, listeners, I really would love to tell them because he told me some stories about stuff that goes on in that bar that um, oh. I definitely will not say on a public po- podcast. I'll tell you maybe offline uh, if you're curious, but um, oh, I am curious. It's interesting, some interesting stuff. But uh, yeah, but he look, he let me shoot there for free, and it, it all worked out. And uh, you know, I produced the thing. You've you've seen that that particular piece. I'm I'm not going to say the name because I believe I do thank it this bar in the credits. Um, so fuck. Are you? Uh, is that bar still open now? I. I don't think they've technically shut down. Um, like, yeah, that's a good question because a lot of bars, ha- unfortunately, have shut down, including my favorite bar, Beverly's, um, who actually I've gotten to know the the owners there, and they did a- also offer me their place. Um, it just it didn't work out scheduling wise, which is why I had to find the other place. But um, this place, I- I'm not sure of the statuses. Uh, it hasn't been open, but I I don't see any you know, for rent type signs on, on the, the door or anything. So to be, to be determined. So. You, can, you can find out and talk to him, do a follow up. Yeah. Oh, oh, Hey, Hey, you, yes. Years ago, you shot here. Do you, do you remember? 
yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to do, produce, produce this thing. I, now I just need money. So what, what were you going to, to pay? I'm sorry. I am really sorry. Let's move on. Mm, mm. Oh, God, the guy's going to find me. Um, let's move on. Um, we're going to do, uh, I think straight, just straightforward movie reviews uh, on two Halloween movies. Ooh. 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 Uh, yes, we. Although this isn't technically the Halloween episode, um, you know, we, we prepped a little bit. We did watch two spooky Halloweeny style movies, um, and you know, we do usually sort of gamify our movie reviews. Um, with, you know, uh, what do you think happened or, ha- or had that been me? Um, our TV reviews are usually just straightforward, you know, reviews of episodes, but I, but I think this is maybe the, one of the first times we've actually done a, a straightforward movie review. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, we're doing two movies, uh, one, a recent Netflix release, um, starring Adam Sandler. No, not Uncut Gems. We've... I guess we did do a straightforward movie review of that uh, in episode 103. Uh, no, it's called Hubie Halloween. Right? Dude, there's been a lot of ads. I'm sure the listeners, if you have Netflix, you have definitely seen the ads for it. They've been pushing it. Yeah. Pushing it hard. Yeah. As part of, uh, I believe, maybe the third or fourth, he, he got a four-movie deal with Netflix that I think was announced a few years ago. Um, I think this might be the last one, uh, or the, or the second to last. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, and, and there's one more, it's maybe, uh, may, uh, arguably higher brow than Hubie Halloween. Uh, but we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Um, this, I don't know, this is your recommendation. Why don't you start, start it off? I, I didn't take any notes on this. I gotta tell you, like this one was hard to get through. And I was thinking about Velocipaster. That was definitely in the back of my mind as I was watching this. But why not? Oh, come on! This is no no comparison. You, well, what what prompted you to watch this? Why don't you start there well, and then get into it? Honestly, like I I saw the previews and my immediate reaction was, man, this is going to be dumb. It's going to be so stupid. But I also happen to you know really enjoy the stupid comedies. Um, plus, you, you know what actually really drew me in was the, was the cast in the preview. I was mm. like, wow, look at all these hilarious people that are in here. True. Like, hmm. Even if like the overall plot is probably pretty stupid, like, there's going to be some really funny moments with all these people together. There's no way <clears throat> I won't get some good laughs out of this. All right. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what did it for me. That's what uh, you know okay. prompted me to watch it. I didn't really, you know, yeah, mean a, to recommend it to you, but it was just like, yeah, this is what I watched. <laughs> well, you did say you were you were la- you did say it was stupid, but you said you were laughing th- throughout it. I believe. Mm-hmm. So, so you agree it was stupid, but you were not laughing. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was, I, you know, as I was getting into it. Yeah, there are a number of cameos. I think pretty early on in the movie. Um, of comedic performers, I like. I mean, Maya Rudolph. I'm thinking right off the bat, Tim Meadows, um, Steve Buscemi, Keenan, 
Keenan, yeah. Kevin James, who look, I, yeah. you know, King of Queens and Hitch, man. I, you know, I, I will throw that. I will, oh, I will watch. I know it. about uh, your love of Kevin James. Yeah, I mean Hitch. Yeah, well, yeah, we got to review that at some point. Um, and look, Sandler, it's he frustrates me so much because he, look, he's done what 25 movies probably where he's the lead since the nineties. I'd say only two of them are good. Only two of them are worthwhile. And they're both the dramas. Uh, it's punch truck love and, and uncut gems. Those are the only worthwhile. And he's fucking amazing in both Dang, of them. That is and yes, so- that is shots at Billy Madison mm. and Happy Gilmore, which I know everyone loves. No, I'm not having it. I like happy much better than Billy. And and water like I haven't seen Waterboy, but I feel like he was doing that you voice. In this it one. was similar, yeah. It was like a amalgamation of like Waterboy and I would say, um, I don't know. I don't. It was. It wasn't straight up Waterboy. It felt like there was something else in there too. Right. Like like another character that he's done like from the past maybe. Didn't he do like prank phone calls too? I feel like he was in the, like, did a Jerky Boys type of thing for a little bit at some point, but I don't know. I mean, if probably that's true or not. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you want to do like a quick? And there, there, we will be doing spoilers for both of these movies, listeners. Um, do you want to do a quick run through of the plot in say five or six sentences? I don't even. <laughs> be honest i'm not even sure what the plot was okay it's it's set in salem massachusetts they obviously um love they love halloween there this is their like money maker right um so they have a lot of stuff there's this guy hubie who's played by adam sandler he is like uh he's just like a really sweet guy he's nice but everybody makes fun of him they tease him from little kids to adults and um he i guess has a tendency um to call things into the police when he when he hears stuff he's just like a report everything so of course Snitching. like the boy <laughs> the boy cries wolf when something's actually going wrong and he sees it nobody believes him right uh <laughs> snitching he was, he was though you and everybody dry <laughs> snitching <laughs> um so people i guess somebody escapes from this is their setup right like a halloween the movie style setup where somebody escapes from this insane asylum and they're like ooh he heads back to town they give a call heads up to the sheriff who happens to be kevin james in this amazing wig and beard and sunglasses it was, was a good wig set up man just look every time i just looked at him i was laughing um <laughs> i would say I, I was probably chuckling the first first couple times <laughs> um and that's the that's that and then people go missing throughout the throughout the film hubie is on a mission to try and find out you know where they're going and stop the person that's abducting these people um he has a creepy neighbor steve buscemi who moves in next door and he's he's given some good comedy too like it's it's all so stupid but man it was just it's just like good wholesome laughs you know wholesome wholesome laughs. yeah i mean yeah so the main thing is about the mystery of who's abducting these people around town um 
Yeah, wholesome. I think I think that's a good thing. Like the tone of this was like at times I was like, this is a movie for like twelve year olds. Yeah, it would work perfectly. Like for that, I think. It, audience. Yeah, like yeah. pre just preteen audience would probably like that's the target demographic. But at the same time, like there was some like grown up. I feel like there were some grown up humor moments, like the stuff with Ray Liotta. Um, oh yeah, really? See, like Ray Liotta was in this too. So many big names. Yeah, and and it's just, but also the comedy is just like so slapstick and stupid i mean and i i mean I, I don't actually mean stupid as a pejorative i mean just just to describe the style of comedy just like just like silly like yeah like something like a, a 10 to 12 year old would probably yeah they, they would love it like those those thrift store like sex jokes shirts that his mom and yeah, her friend and, were wearing yeah, exactly. in every scene but then it's like, like that's the perfect example of and it. Like, mom's wearing there's a running joke of his mom wearing shirts that have sexual references and like one of them is like muff diving uh <laughs> it just i think it's just as muff diving and the, like the boner donor one boner donor, like that's not really for 10 year olds i don't think <laughs> but a 12 13 year old would love they'd that, love probably. that yeah i'm sure um I will say I did the, the, there was another, there were two other running jokes that I kind of liked. Uh, the one where he's riding his bike, he rode his bike around most of the movie. And a lot of the times he would get stuff thrown at him by people who just didn't like him. Yeah. Um, and so that was a running joke where he would get hop. He would be, I have to get somewhere and he'd hop on his bike and then he just had stuff thrown at him. Um, and like that, that reminds me of like, it was sort of depressing in a way because like everyone just shits on him all the time. I know I didn't like, like that. Started getting really that. depressing at, at a point. It's like okay, yeah, like the people make fun of him. It's like in the beginning, but it's it's consistent throughout the whole movie. And like people play like really mean tricks on him that are, and he's just like like he doesn't cry or anything, but like he try and he tries to see, still see the good in people. But like, damn, like I know. Yeah, see, that's the part that was like fairly upsetting because he, he, he never did anything. He was just being himself. Like mm-hmm. he's just at work, and Ray Liotta and his coworker just harassing the guy. He's just over there trying to cut deli meat for people. Yeah, <laughs> they gotta be rude to him. And the other running gag uh, was that his, he has a thermos that oh, can sort of like in, Inspector Gadget uh, fi itself into different sorts of um uh tools and implements like it can turn into uh i think a vacuum cleaner uh a telescope uh it's a flashlight flashlight uh grappling hook at one point (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah like that the thermos turning into random stuff i thought was kind of funny um but that's it. I mean, I you didn't enjoy Tim Meadows' toupee, his wig, like that. No, man, that was so good. And then Hubie said something funny about it too. He's like, "Oh yeah." yeah. I mean, Tim Meadows shows up in a ridiculous toupee. But the thing is, like that, the lighting on that shot was was such that, and because the toupee is like black, it's black hair. You're, I, you're right. I it was, it was hard and it was to that tell. night. I couldn't tell what was going on with his head. 
It was. It was just like his head looked humongous, and this little oh, yeah. piece was on his top head of it. Really big, and then and then for the rest of the movie, he shows up in this costume that he doesn't even wear the toupee. Like his costume that, is, that was good too. Him and Maya Rudolph, their scenes together were pretty funny. I mean, I I like Maya, Maya Rudolph quite a bit, but again, like they were just mean to him, and they were just mean and sour to each other, and so it was just a continuation of. Yeah, this tone of just like I'm like, are are all of his like comedy, stupid comedy movies like this? Like just shitting on him? Like, um, not see. <clears throat> I do think where he is better, um, would be a movie like The Week of, where it wasn't. It was a kind of a drama, not a drama. What? It was still a comedy. Is that but what is the what? He, what are you talking about? The the week of for Adam Sandler. Is he in that? Yeah, it's him and Chris Rock are the stars. Oh and like, yeah, right, right, right. And that one, he's pretty good. Like the movie's not great overall, but I feel like that is sort of like his his wheelhouse where he should be now as like the kind of like overwhelmed dad. He played that well. I felt. Right, like it was, it was that was good. Like he was getting like his Adam Sandler yells, but it was it was yelling in like a, in a funny way, and like nobody was really making fun of him. He wasn't playing the lovable loser that he likes to play in his movies. Right, I um, I do I think I I think I yeah I did watch that until I got to a point where I believe his father or his father in law is like either disabled or is just shitting yeah. a lot or farting a lot or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, he has no legs. I was like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not doing this. No. So apparently that actor is a, a real double amputee and he was in the nursing home or whatever assisted care living place. And the people, um, you know, that worked there, they saw like the casting call and they encouraged him to audition. And that's how we got it. <laughs> Yeah, good for him. Um, <laughs> I, I I liked. There's one scene that I thought was really funny in that movie is where he's in the car with Chris Rock, and they're talking about adjusting the air conditioning. You like that? Like, I can turn it on anytime. It's like, yeah. How about you do that? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, getting back to Hubie. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm not gonna recommend it to anyone unless you're like unless you are a preteen you're a parent of a preteen um if unless perhaps you're an adam sandler super fan um or maybe i guess if you like really enjoy stupid comedies like i I put it on i was doing other stuff but i was watching too like it was okay i got a lot of good chuckles out of it a lot of good ones i mean it was like comedies like that i am I'll, like I'll admit it, I am a bit of a comedy snob. Um, it's it's hard for me to sit through mediocre comedies. Like it, mm. it really, really is. And I took a, a number of breaks. Like, and I was thinking, if I had to pick one movie that I would rewatch between this and Velocipaster, uh, no. which would I? No. Which one would I? And don't you dare. <laughs> um, it's not. I honestly, I don't. I honestly don't know, because at oh least Philosopher is shorter by about thirty minutes. <laughs> um, 
But it was, I mean, that movie was, that one is like, my my brain is hurting as I'm watching it. Whereas, whereas QB, <laughs> I'm just kind of bored. Okay, I could see that. But there, yeah, for me, it's no question. Hubie wins. I mean, there's some great... You haven't seen Velocipaster, so I can't say Hubie wins. uh, Okay. All right, that's a fair... That's fair statement. I'm going to make you watch it somehow. (laughs) Can we hang out? I'm going to have it on my phone loaded up, and I'm just going to, like... It's going to get you in a headlock (laughs) for for (laughs) 70 minutes. (laughs) Just put it in front of your face. Seventy minute headlock. Yeah, just it's gonna be tough. I mean, you would very. Uh, I would. I would that. watch that. Somebody holds it. <laughs> That's the movie I would watch right there. Someone, you know, you might got something there. Someone, yeah, someone trying to force someone to watch Velocipaster. Oh man. Okay. Uh, well, let's. We can put a pin in that. Unless two thumbs up. From from Visceralist for for (laughs) Hubie Halloween. Not our official rating. (laughs) But I'm not. I'm too. I just want to move on to our next movie. Next Halloween movie. Uh, Now, this is one. It's uh, it's called Hereditary. It came out in 2018. And it's one that um, I had heard about. And, you know, it had this sort of. You know, indie. I mean, it's a, it's an A twenty four release. A twenty four is killing the indie movie game these days. Their quality control is amazing. Um, I believe they they produced Uncut Gems, um, among many others, uh, great movies. Um, and I do remember this coming out, and it had a certain buzz. And also, there was a guy in my office who had a shirt for Hereditary, and this is an interesting guy because he was a lawyer. But he dressed like, sort of like a like an eight like out of like out of, he was out of like an eighties music video for the Cure, uh, and and but it also was really into he's really into like trap hip hop, um, like he he was up on like NLE Choppa and Fabio Forn and and Pop Smoke like way before like he was putting me onto them. Um, and he had a, huh. he has a shirt that just has the shot of uh, Gabriel Burns' character getting on fire and like and uh, catching on fire and Tony Collette like screaming or whatever. Oh, that reaction! Yeah, the reaction. Yeah, that was a big part of the marketing. Her reaction. Yeah, she had like some good friends. reactions. Um. So yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I, we went into this and I had heard it. So I'd heard actually from this guy in my office that it was really super scary. And I was like, so I pitched this to you. Uh, and I think we were both a little, a little surprised that it was, I mean, from my point of view, at least like it wasn't super scary. It was, it was more of just a really dark family drama. That's what it felt like for me, like family tragedy drama. Yeah, it, it, it was. I, um, I think, I I don't know if this was like real build up or just like mm, you know my own build up, but in my mind this was gonna be like a, like terrifying fright fest. Right. But you know it wasn't. It was yeah. It was much more of a family drama with you know some supernatural elements thrown in. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I, I almost think. 
it could function as a pretty good family drama. Like you don't even really need this. The supernatural elements. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was liking them and like the stuff with the cult and that was sort of alluded to. Um, and, and the, um, the gore, the gory stuff I thought was, was fairly well done, but I'm like, you could almost take all of that out and just turn it into family grief drama. And I think it would still be really good. I mean, Tony Collette's performance in this was fucking immaculate. Yeah. She's amazing. She's and I don't, I don't actress. believe I've, I've seen her in that, that many other things. I know that she was in a show on Showtime, I think where she played someone with, I think with multiple personalities, I, I think I have that right. Um, this was back in like the, the mid aughts, like t- 2007 or eight. Um, I, which I never watched, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, she, she had never really been on my radar that much, but man, she was great. Actually, she was great. The, the kid who played Peter, I thought was really good. Yeah. He looked very familiar. He's, yeah. He's I, I wanted to look him up. Jumanji. But the, ah, the new one, yeah, right? Yeah, the new Jumanji. Yes. Which I mean, he's not in it that much, but um, he's the like his character becomes the Rock uh, in the video game. Um, so he's not in it that much, but and he's he's sort of bounced around here and there. Um, but I did take a lot of notes with this, and so if you want, we can just just run it down. It's sort of in you know, chronological order for the movie. Um, unless you had any other initial thoughts before we get into that. Um, no, I, I mean, I guess my other thing, which I felt was like, I don't know, was kind of weird. It's the only thing that felt, maybe it didn't feel off was like Gabriel Burns character. Yeah. At times it seemed like he wasn't, like a part of the family or like wasn't yeah. anybody's father. Like he wasn't their real father. Like I don't, it, it was, he was like weird in it. Oh, that's a good read. Yeah. It, he did come off like, yeah. Like maybe he was a stepfather or something like he didn't yeah. seem super engaged. Like, you know, his daughter dies. Right. And he was, it was like, he wasn't affected. And, it's like, <laughs> and I, my read on that is like, okay, he's just trying to keep the family together. So he's trying to be strong. So he's not showing his grief, but, like yeah, he didn't seem like he was at all affected. Whereas, you know, his wife and son are just like completely falling apart. Yeah, I mean, as, as, honestly, as you would expect. At, at one point, when he was writing that the email, not to like skip too far ahead, I thought that he had been in on the whole thing from the jump. Oh. Like he was in the cult and was like putting that email out to sort of, um, you know, set some preliminary things like to set her up in case like she did kill somebody or something happened, like sending this to the psychologist talking about she's having a psychotic break and like wilding out and all this stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. And that just like his under reaction to everything or non-reaction. <laughs> I was like, this what's happening. With yeah. Him? Um, Oh, that, that would have been sort of interesting. Yeah. If he was in on, on the cult stuff, but um, yeah, I'm just going to go through these notes. I mean, you know, it starts off with the the funeral. Uh, Tony Collette's mom uh, has passed away at the very beginning, and there's the, I think the first scene is is her funeral, and Tony Collette uh, references. Uh, I think she says like at the funeral, she's like, "Yeah, there's a lot of strange new people at this funeral," which I think my mom would have found weird. But anyway, and I'm like, 
like you don't investigate that a little bit more like straight you right like like her her eulogy was usually the eulogy even if you have a bad relationship with someone you you talk about the, the good parts but her eulogy was like yeah i you know i tolerated her for a while and then she died um yeah it so was it must have been a real dark. bad relationship um i mean yeah and it, she referenced it later but um so that i have that oh the pulsating soundtrack now i was listening to this with headphones on my laptop uh but so I, I could hear the, the soundtrack, but they, there is this like sort of pulsating bass line in the scenes where weird shit is happening in, in I'd say the first half of the movie. Mm. Did you catch, did you pick up on that? I don't know if you, no. you probably watched it on um, TV, like regular TV. Yeah. And not like super loud, but I did notice right in the opening. It's like, Oh, this is some good creepy music. They set in the tone. It's like, this is going to be super creepy because that music was right. like, whew, it was setting it up without them doing anything. And I was already kind of scared, but it was, it was interesting. The sound design was interesting because it was the, the pulsating. Like I probably wouldn't have heard it if I had watched it on like a regular TV because it was just like pulsating, like almost like a heartbeat, but like a really fast, like like a really low baseline, but the mix was really really huh. low, and uh, just volume wise, uh, in the edit, and it was it was such that like I was taking my earbud out from now and then because I'm like I wasn't sure if it was coming from the street, like just someone playing uh, like music right. from their car or something, but it, it wasn't, and so yeah, I thought I thought that was really interesting because it, it it's it's unsettling. Um, and I, I wish more horror movies would, would play around in that way. I, I don't think very many of them do. Um, but this this one did it really well. Um, hmm. Maybe I'll watch it again with like louder volume or headphones. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't really notice it. And there were some things that I that didn't show up because it wasn't uh, super loud in the volume. But I also watched with captions. Okay. So it, I was seeing things that I didn't hear like dog barking in the background would come up sometimes like dang i can hear that dog yeah like yeah yeah were you watching this like in a in a in a room <laughs> like in your were you watching this at, <laughs> like, at work what kind of situation was <laughs> you this? watching this at work <laughs> in a conference no room? no i was watching it in the apartment it's just like <laughs> not super loud so you, Maybe you're looking, you looking over your shoulder volume. as you're watching it every now and then <laughs> you got your hand you got the, the remote in your hand the entire time adjusting the volume up down up down <laughs> um so i wrote down grief monologue um and this is when she goes to the support group and i mean Ooh. she gives Ooh. i mean she gives a few different really step there's she has i'd say three or f- four scenes t- tony Collette, where she just like like i mean her that is some acting for your ass you know and so one of them, she's in this group, like it's a support group for people who've lost family members. And she gives this monologue just about, um, about her history with her mom and man, she goes through this range of emotions. It, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. What, what, what do you think about? I thought that was, that was, you know, some excellent acting. And for me, it gave some like much needed background about the whole you know relationship and situation but um 
yeah, that was a that was a great scene, and then also very depressing at the same time. Yeah. She was just talking about the death of her father and her brother. It's like, ooh. yeah. So she <laughs> said, and and here's the thing. So I I do recall that as longtime listeners will know, um, I read spoilers uh, for a lot of horror movies when they come out. Uh, usually on Wikipedia, I'll read the plot summary. So I had read this one, but the, the thing is, yeah, I can still enjoy a movie where I've read the spoiler. In a lot of cases, it's because I'm coming back to it two years later. I don't really remember what's happened. Um, but I did, so when she said <clears throat> her brother killed himself because he thought their mom was putting people, putting people's voices in his head or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, that, I was like, oh yeah, like her, I, I, that triggered like, oh yeah, her mom was like kind of weird and w- witchy and culty. But I mean, so, so I remembered that part. I knew her mom was in on it like early. Like I, I recalled that aspect. I don't know how you felt about that. If you picked keyed in on that her, or did you think like her um, mom was involved in some some crazy oh yeah for me her mom it was the mom from the beginning it's like oh yeah she's she's involved in some shit here what 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 do you think triggered you thinking that um that triangle on the floor i didn't like okay in her room right um that backstory that you said and then like just yeah that backs that at the <clears throat> excuse me at the grief support group said a lot right and then like the those um i don't even know what you call them uh, models she makes uh the dioramas um, yeah oh yes the dioramas man they were so creepy that one that had like her in the bed with the daughter and then her mom next to yeah. them with her breast out i was like, what is happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the so there's a plot point. Like she says in that grief monologue that her – this is so fucking weird. So when she had her daughter, her mom wanted to breastfeed her daughter, and, and she let her. And so she did a little diorama depiction of this moment where she's in bed breastfeeding her young daughter but her her again these are model looks tiny models her mom is approaching the bed with her breast out <laughs> i mean that's those like little dioramas 20 minutes into the movie too yeah um I, I i didn't like them to be honest they were unsettling they were really great though like the craftsmanship and the detail absolutely. but <laughs> i don't know who made those they oh man they're very talented, but um, yeah, they were disturbing. Okay, I wrote down uh, Chekhov's nut allergy, uh, which, uh, yeah, it's it's so th- in the funeral, the grandmother's funeral, uh, the young girl is is eating a chocolate bar, and the dad asks, "There's no nuts in that, right?" Yeah. Right, <laughs> and then Tony Collette also asked that. So I, I mean, I knew. You know, right then and there, there's going to be some nut allergy issue, and sure enough, when they uh, the she goes to the house party with her brother, and she's eating that cake, I knew, I knew right then and there. They telegraphed that like a little sloppily or a little obvious on the nose, like it was, and then that that girl like chopping cakes, like I mean chopping nuts, like she was, a, she looked like a 
like animal from the Muppets playing the drum when she was chopping those nuts. Oh, was there? I didn't even catch that. Was there someone at the house party chopping nuts? Yes. (laughs) Okay, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, she's. This is where it happens. Yeah. It's like I knew. Wait. Like you said, it was going to happen at some point. Was it? just that the nuts inadvertently got into the cake because she was chopping close to it? Or was it, was she prepping the cake at the, I think it came into the second cake. Cause that first cake was done too fast. There was a second cake. God, I miss. Yeah. Cause at one point she was getting water from the faucet and she turned and she saw like the, um, you know how those cakes, the layer cakes, they, they do them in sections and you, you, um, uh, cool off the section uh-huh. and there was one circular section sitting next to the sink and she looks over at it as she's drinking the water and in my mind that's the one that oh, did it to her okay. right. but maybe not it could have been the first one but either way it was one of those cakes um, so yeah so she has a nut allergy issue her brother Peter drives her to the hospital now I had known th- uh, like this, this is like one of the most striking scene, scenes in the movie. Maybe the whole like he's driving, she sticks her head out, he has to swerve, and she's decapitated by him running past a, a light pole. Now, were you surprised by that? Were you taken? What was your reaction when this happened? I knew, I knew it was. Oh, coming you knew too. it was coming. Yeah. How did you? Did you just heard um, about this? Scene? I don't remember if I had read it or if somebody had. Okay. I think I had did something similar to you where after we both like heard about this scary movie, we read about it. Um, but yeah, if I had, if I didn't know, if I would just went into this movie blind, right. man, that would have. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was reading the, I can remember distinctly when I was reading the Wikipedia plot summary, like I had to read that sentence again. I was like, what? Like halfway, like not even halfway through she gets decapitated from sticking her head out of a window as the car, like I was like, what, the 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 kid, the young girl, really? Yeah, it was unexpected. Yeah, and then, I, I I mean only, but well, I knew it was going to happen then because okay, yeah, because I knew the brother did it and whatever, and they were driving. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. This is when it's going to happen. And I I, but, I I have to say, I did love the way that they shot they they displayed. <clears throat> Uh, Tony Collette's character finding out that this mm. happened because because the son he parks he's in complete shock so he parks goes to bed he of course he's not able to sleep so it's a shot of his face in bed and you over you hear it's all done audio you hear her getting ready for to head out for the day and then you hear her start to scream as she finds her the body the decapitated body of her daughter in the car. And she screams for like the next, you know, 10 minutes of screen time <laughs> because it cuts from that to the funeral and she she's a scream. Oh, no, it cuts from that to the to her in the bedroom, Gabriel Byrne trying to reconcile her a little bit and then the funeral and she's just screaming the entire time. I mean, of course, yes, that's, you know, parents grief uh, to such a horrible death as well. Like that's, but man, I'm like, even her screaming was amazing acting. It was great. Like that, yeah, I honestly, sometimes I, th- I think about that. And so that, that scene when she was in the bedroom, it's like, man, how, like, where is that? Where do you, where do you get that? And, you know, like, where's that coming yeah. from? Where's that emotion come from? Yeah. Like, I wonder, how, and then I start thinking, like, I wonder how many times I had to do this. If she just did it once, yeah. it's like, I can't do it anymore. Or like, <laughs> I mean, but that, 
you're you're 100 right there yeah like that i mean I, look great actors they'll bring it out of they'll that's what they do like they'll bring it out for as many takes as are needed i mean but yeah like y- you would need <laughs> you could maybe do one one take of that a day i i would think like uh, you know for me like i don't know if we talked about it here but you know I, I, there's these stories about kubrick and and fincher making their actors do like 70 80 takes which i think is Oh right, uh, and I think for me, if it were me directing that, I would I'd be one. You do one take a day, and then you take the rest of the day and to 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 come back if we need another take, and then we'll do it a, a, the next day. You don't do two takes of that in a row because that, that like yeah, uh-huh. her, and specifically in the bedroom. And I'd, I'd also say that the funeral scene um, where she's you know in roughly the same frame of mind like uh, pulling that out of yourself as a great actor is is crazy draining i I have to imagine i mean look i'm i'm a terrible actor when the the few times i've tried but i i you know i've directed actors and yeah you you gotta respect that uh and their performance and and the fact that they do really yeah you're right like where does she get that well you know that's the that's the brilliance of, of great actors so anyway um right that was yeah that part was oof. all right that was painful uh and then i was like so this didn't happen in the movie but i was like gabriel burns character should have said to peter uh just stay away from your mom completely like that's i, I thought he they were doing that like you you cannot talk to her you cannot go near her. If you see her in the hallway or you hear her in the hallway, you stay, you wait in your bedroom until she's gone. Like you need to stay away from her because, you know, and we saw at the dinner, the dinner scene, which was also amazing. Like he can't really, I mean, he's a teenager, but he's also going to provoke her. She's in a very, very, I I think if he were, God, this is going to sound terrible. Like, but if he were a better dad, he would have t- kept his son away from that. Like, you got to separate them because she's going to blame him. You know, we done do get the backstory of, of her almost setting him on fire. Uh, so, you know, a few years previous, but I, I was thinking in my mind, I was trying to come up with strategies for like trying to wrangle this, keep the family together after such a tragedy. And I'm like, you clearly have to keep Peter from Tony Collette for a few months. Yeah. There's, I mean, that has to be done. There has to be some kind of like family therapy and individual therapy going on. Like, I don't even know how I would have navigated that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, whew, but he, you know, he wasn't doing, it did seem like Peter was just sort of staying, staying away on his own. And also like, he was still going back to school too. Which I thought to be odd. I thought that honestly. was almost unbelievable. Like that, you've inadvertently killed your sister in a one of the most horrifying ways imaginable. And it seemed like he was back to school like a couple days later. And he's hanging yeah. out with his friends, smoking weed. Like, no, you you you're done for the year. You come back. You come back next year. Like, I mean, look, I obviously I'm not a parent. I don't know how this works. I, and, and again, like, I, you know, I'll, I will caveat it in that way. But you, yeah, you, you know, you need to go to therapy. 
school is done for the year. I I would agree. I think that was unrealistic. Nah, it didn't even. Yeah, it didn't seem like he took any time off. Yeah, he's back in class. Like it shows him in class. It shows him hanging out with his buddies. Um, yeah, that. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think if this was a movie just about grief, then that could sort of work. But it it felt, it felt like you had like to get. I mean, we, and we can get. And this is when the cult stuff starts coming in. And really, there's only there's only one scene where she's going through old photo albums and her mom's diaries that indicate, you know, they're part of some sort of satanic cult. And, and, the, and the very last scene where he goes to the treehouse. But that's really it. And they don't explain it, which, you know, that some people like that, you know, not stuff not being explained. I prefer it to be explained a little bit more what the, the cult is and what the deal is with this, you know, trying to bring this, <laughs> is he like some kind of lieutenant in hell or something? Paimon? Yeah, you see, I'm, I'm the same way. See, here's the thing. <laughs> about lieutenant yeah, i was like okay i get it like i like all that i sort of figured it out eventually but then i'm like okay but to, to what end now now what we got him yeah. what, what's he gonna do now right that's that's where i'm always like okay so then what he, he's gonna take over the world and yeah no that's the a world great point or, because like, and, and this is fast forwarding a little bit but yeah at the end the cult has basically like the grandmother has been cultivating uh, this kid to, to be the uh, host for this again, like one of the lieutenants of hell um, to take over his body. And then, and then they start worshiping him. Right. And I think they even say, as they're like crowning him, they say like, show us the secrets, give us like the, the, the secret uh, treasure or, of of uh of history or some 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 kind of bullshit like that um yeah. and it's like okay yeah what like okay there's only like 20 of you like what you you start doing you start doing shit you will just get mowed down <laughs> by the army if it comes to that <laughs> like you still uh, like i mean i get that you can sort of float around with your heads cut off but you know then we'll just chuck grenades at you and you just, there'll be nothing to float around yeah, that part was, I don't know, I guess it was sort of almost like a Blair Witches type of ending, but not because it kept going. I yeah. thought it was just, I honestly thought he was just going to go up into the treehouse and then it would be over. Hmm. Right. And then it was just going to cut there. But And um, so in the scene before that, we see, I mean, this kid, talk about being traumatized. I mean... <laughs> You you inadvertently kill your sister, and then a bunch of other terrible shit happens. And then you see your mom cut her own head off with wire that, like, her sawing her head off by wrapping wire around her neck and just, like, going... What did you think about that? It was... Did you, could you, did you, did you look away? Te- did you look away? The attic was terrifying. As I like it's well. Did you look away? I thought it. No, I I looked. It was scary. <laughs> you were looking, and then oh, I was looking, and I was my eyes got real big when 
she was like on the attic door and her head was going at like fast forward motion like pounding on that was her when you when they showed oh, that right. it was her head yeah. pounding on the door right. and not like her just pounding right. it's like oh my gosh she was banging just, her head into the attic door to sort of try to get in but then like she was just in there 80 beats per second it was so fast yeah. it was like um but yeah then she just appeared in there and as soon as he went up there i was like oh you've made a mistake kid and then he realized he made a mistake <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like this was a big mistake. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, poor kid. Man. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know that the cult stuff, but they, it did remind me. So in the beginning, though, there was at the initial funeral, like the symbol she wore it on her necklace. They had it on the necklace that the daughter did notice the necklace and then the daughter did like turn around and see that weird like blonde guy staring at her and smile. I did not like that. And then that she watched that woman like put some sort of ointment or balm on the grandma's lips. It's like, Oh man, what's happening? That was, that was weird. And okay. What, what, one, one last thing I I wrote down and this is, I felt like, I felt like a genuine movie critic. Uh, when I, when I noted, when I noted this, um, All right, let's hear it. Have you seen? Let me ask you this first. Have you seen um, the Korean original Old Boy? Yes. Okay. So in Old Boy, there is um, about halfway through. There's a scene, or, or there's a, like a voiceover when they're with the the young lady, where they're talking about loneliness, and it's, they present this as a sort of psychological fact that people who are really lonely sometimes hallucinate ants and then it cuts to her on the subway and she looks to her left and there's like a huge ant sitting next sitting down the subway car man i do not remember that at all i'm gonna go back i mean i've I've watched it recently so uh i I do recall that and so an ant is a symbol for loneliness and i they present it as a psychological fact i'm a little dubious on that um i guess the thinking is that ants are almost always with a bunch of other ants, so uh, whatever. But when she, so Tony Collette's character has a dream where mm, she those dreams were terrifying. She sees uh, ants crawling over a pillow, and then she goes to her son's room, and there's ants crawling all over him. And I was like, hmm. I, I said to myself, I put my finger on my cheek, and I said, I said, hmm. Let's hear it. And I said, I wonder if this is a reference. Like, first of all, I was like, I wonder if this is a reference to old boy. Yeah, maybe. But is there a way that ants can symbolize loneliness for Tony Collette's character? And I think, yeah, she did feel like she was probably really lonely because as she was, you know, from the dinner scene, com- the dinner, you know, breakdown conversation, she was indicating that, you know, she has to take on all the responsibility because she feels her son is irresponsible. She's not getting anything from her husband. Uh, and I bet she probably did feel really lonely and in, in her grief, you know, over her mom. And then of course her daughter. Uh, and so, I don't know. I was just thinking like, I wonder if, if that was a reference to, to the, the psychological thing. And it made me think like, maybe this is a psychological thing. Now I did not do the research uh, on that. I, I'm not going to, I don't care that much. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it did strike me 
Uh, but maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. Thoughts? Maybe I, I'm on board with it. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Not against let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Diggity do it. I mean, she was incredibly lonely. She had no friends. Her husband was not there to support her in any sort of real way that we could see. And she wasn't talking to her son. She just had this other cult woman who came to get her and, you know, further the cults. (laughs) Man, that cult. Yeah, she had had nobody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it sucks. I mean, because she she went for grief counseling and the, the only friend that she made from that turns out to be in this cult that is just about has just been playing man that's got to be really that's got to really suck that like you go to a grief counseling support group you find someone who who has also been through a, a terrible tragedy she says uh and then you find you later find photos of her hanging out with your mom that you hate and it turns out she's just using you to get to your son great yeah great that's great now that'll that'll really ruin your day <laughs> that, that'll do it right that'll do it, man <laughs> i had to i man i had to call my bank the other day just over some bullshit and that almost that almost ruined my day just like, that, that <laughs> 10 minute conversation with the bank so if i if it turned out that you were actually in a cult and had just been using me <laughs> Just waiting for me to have a kid. <laughs> All these years, so that you could implant—not even the king, the king of hell, just like some second lieutenant. <laughs> oh, man. I would be pretty upset with you if, if that's the case. I gotta, I gotta be honest I with would... you. <laughs> oh, I'd be upset too. Yeah, be upset with myself. <laughs> You know, like like the other ones, be like, man, yeah, like you see that his mark is never gonna pay off. You see <laughs> over here, like Jimmy's over there, he's already got one king implanted. <laughs> like Albert's got another king implanted, Albert. and I'm just over here, like twiddling my thumbs. Like one day, this he's gonna have a kid. Yeah, trust trust me, it's good, it's good. Yeah. And they're over here, like in the group chat, roasting me. They got like <laughs> message boards about me. In the cult group chat. Getting yeah. memed up, getting memed like Jarrah Smith memes. That's you. That's you. <laughs> right? Who's with me? Uh, oh man! Oh lord. Okay. All right. Let's all just settle down. All right. Any any closing thoughts on Hereditary? Um, no, it's, it was good. I liked it. I didn't like his follow-up. Um, it's, I see how they're very similar. Yeah, they're very similar now. I see, but it's just not as good, but it's funnier. I tell you that Midsummer. Oh, really? It's a good comedy. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, maybe it's, I, I heard it was, it's funny. I heard it was really good actually. This is okay. This is definitely better. And I didn't, I, yeah, this was the better of his two. I will say I did. I didn't think this was amazing um i was a little let down in some ways uh i'd say it was it was good i mean i'd probably give it an eight eight out of ten maybe an eight yeah i would too um maybe an 8.5 um honestly like story wise like they're probably about a lot of that's the the acting that's what i was about to say like this is that's what puts this one over like 
you know, clearly as the better is the performances. I would say like even Gabriel Byrne's performance, which he was just sort of like not there, yeah. but he, he was, was good. He was good. He was good. But the performance, the performances are what put this over. Like story-wise, they're both about, you know, they're, they're clever stories. They're both good stories, but the performances in this are just so much better. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So eat, eat something green. Yeah, eat something green. And, uh, uh, if you have nut allergy... Oh yeah, and then, then I suppose you know. don't eat nuts. <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that, PC don't, culture. Don't on trust that. anyone you meet at a grief support group. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> we're not saying that. Okay, that I take that okay. back. No, no, those are good. Those it's, are good groups. Good, just, like, um, um, you know, people. just yeah, Google people, and you know if. If someone you know leaves behind some stuff, look at that stuff first before you know. Don't just put it in the corner and not examine it. Make sure you Wait, <laughs> give it a you... thorough looking What's over, our... like the mom's boxes. Oh yeah, the mom's boxes. Yeah, her mom had, yeah. Like, boxes. <laughs> she full left. Of she left the kid. boxes full of clues of <laughs> of what and she that, was into. She she goes through it like halfway through the movie, and it's all cult shit, all of it. And then she just puts it to the side. <laughs> She's like, like nah. I'll take a look at this later. She's freaked out by it, but then she just puts it to the side. Yeah, no, I don't want to deal with this. <sighs> yeah. Eat something green, water. Yeah, you know the drill. Bitch, this podcast, we out. What do you think happened?